Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Episode 40, California Dreaming and New Perspectives. Welcome back, friends. I can't believe this is already my 40th episode, but I am looking forward to talking about my sweet mother-in-law, Nadia. It was the middle of January of 74, and we were joyfully anticipating her arrival in San Francisco. But from her point of view, she had very mixed emotions about coming to see all of us. She wasn't so concerned about the flight because she had already traveled two times to Cairo. Not only was that a trip to a foreign country, but she had to endure the emotional turmoil in meeting her father, whom she had not seen since she was two years old. And now this trip to California would be a long travel day, but she was anxious about meeting her son again. She must have been torn between her joy and the sad memories she had when he said goodbye in West Berlin. Thomas had tried to share his hash pipe with her, thinking it would be a symbol for a peaceful farewell. For some reason, though, he felt it was necessary to tell her that she had failed him as a mother. She left in tears, feeling condemned, and feared that she would never see her son again. But then she started receiving friendly letters from him about our life in California, and they actually became pen pals, writing about their views on spirituality. This was a new development for Thomas, as he began going deep into the philosophies of the hippie movement. Through their letter exchanges, they seemed to be finding some common ground, so Nadia was pleased about that. At the same time, these ideals were moving Thomas farther and farther away from my parents' Christian perspectives. My mother had been relieved that I came back to California, but my father was upset as he had to witness my German boyfriend leading me astray. Just when Nadia was thinking that her son was on the right track, she received an unexpected call from my dad informing her that he was in jail. She had not been aware that Thomas's use of psychedelic drugs had increased since hanging out with our hippie friends. He had written to her about our vegetable garden, but conveniently didn't mention the marijuana plants. This crazy situation brought our parents together again. It was similar to how they first met in 1970, with a long-distance phone call from Nadia's home to my parents. My sister had gotten hurt in West Berlin, and we needed help. Nadia took us in, and that's where their relationship began. Because of the language problem, Thomas had helped with the phone calls between my dad and his mother. Besides the change in our travel plans, my parents had to make decisions about the financial issues concerning my sister's hospital stay. Then, two years later, Nadia received this call from California from my dad. That's how their relationship was refreshed once again. This time, they needed to discuss how to get their children out of the mess. One big thing was the financial burden they shared because of the costs for a lawyer. During those following months, my dad was writing letters in German to Nadia and still communicating about the financial problems. Added to that subject, they were concerned about our plans to have the birth of their grandchild in a teepee. Both of our mothers were worried sick. What was different, though, was how they handled their worries. My mom was in a group with her church friends where they had been praying for us ever since I stayed in West Berlin. And Nadia, though, had a different method. She had been drawing up astrology charts for Thomas and I and our new baby. She was trying to discover a good omen mapped out for our future. 
The blessing was that the prayers of the women kept Thomas and I safe and led us to that dramatic turning point in our lives when we met Christians who told us that Jesus is alive and calling us to follow him. But the challenge became for Thomas how to impart his burden of love and the truth about Jesus to his mom and family. So with all that background, you can understand why Nadia had plenty of room for apprehension about seeing Thomas in person. To add to that, she was also nervous about meeting my parents. In some ways, she felt close to them, but by then she had heard that they were also Christians. Finally, the big day had come. It was a Friday when Nadia's plane was landing at the San Francisco airport. Thomas had assured her a few times that we would meet her on arrival. Well, guess what? We didn't make it on time. Because we didn't listen to the radio at Living Waters, we were oblivious to the fact that there had been flooding on the highway to the Bay Area. It wasn't too bad, but it did mean we would have to take some detours. Once we realized the situation, we pulled off at a gas station in a little town to call my parents. Thomas was hoping that my dad could fill in for us and pick Nadia up. Our travel plans were kind of risky in the first place, thinking that we could make it into San Francisco from Garberville at a specific time. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't leave early enough anyway. Fortunately, my dad was able to rearrange his plans, picked up my mom, and they drove to the airport together. I would have loved to seen their faces when Nadia came through the gate and they met for the very first time. My mom would have, with tears in her eyes, given Nadia a big hug, and Dad would have pulled out his best German to welcome her to the USA. They had to use both English and German to explain to her what had happened to us. I can just imagine Nadia with major jet lag trying to understand what was going on, but all she had to do was just relax and follow my parents to their car. I know that drive all too well from the airport back to my old house. This would have been the beginning of her culture shock moments out on those wide California freeways, observing all of those large American cars going by. I know she was shy about speaking English, but I am sure they had a nice little chat on the way home. Once they arrived in San Lorenzo, she would have been fascinated like Thomas had been in seeing all those suburban track homes. This is not at all what the housing looked like in the city of West Berlin, where she lived in an apartment building. It is really amazing that my parents had opened up their home to receive Nadia, plus making room for our little family but they were glad to be able to reciprocate the generous hospitality that she had shown to my sister and I. I realize now that this was a new beginning in their relationship. Our families were no longer strangers from two different countries. Because of our marriage, we had become one family. I think it turned out to be good that she had some personal time with my parents. My dad would have brought up the issues that they had been communicating about in their letters just to make sure to clear the air. Nadia wrote later about her trip, saying, Christine's parents told me how happy they were that Thomas and Christine had survived all of the difficulties and that they had found a new life in Christ. They are also believing Methodists and received me in such a loving way. So finally, Thomas and I made our way into the Bay Area and were getting excited to see Nadia. I felt awful that we were late, but Thomas was confident that everything had worked out at the airport. 
We pulled into the driveway, got Naomi out of her car seat, and went to the front door. My mom opened up, and there was Nadia. What a reunion! She broke out in tears of joy to see Thomas. There he was, just like he had written in his letter, My arms are open wide to you. She was overwhelmed with emotion and tried to contain her tears as she kept hugging him. I greeted her with Naomi in my arms and said, Muti, we are so glad that you have come. Here's your granddaughter. And she kept saying, Ach, wie goldig, wie hübsch bist du kleine Naomi. In English, that means how precious and beautiful you are. It was almost too much joy at once, being reunited with her son and meeting her first grandchild. Some years later, Nadia also wrote about that first meeting, saying, once Thomas stood before me and said, Mutti, I love you, I was completely overwhelmed. I saw such a loving, considerate, and radiant young man. I could hardly believe it. I knew without a doubt that a miracle had taken place in my son. Thomas had written her letters about how God had changed his life, but that would have been impossible for her to understand or even imagine. At that moment, though, she was beholding her son, who had short hair now, was married with a child, and free of the influence of drugs. He was healthy and truly happy to see his mother. That was a miracle. My younger sister showed us to the bedroom where we could unload our bags. Then Thomas helped Nadia open up her suitcases. She had been patiently waiting for us to arrive so she could unpack the presents she brought. We helped her carry everything into the living room where Dad was, and then we watched with delight as she handed out the gifts. Little Naomi had found herself again at Grandma's house, crawling around in the midst of the excitement, this time hearing some German conversation. Omi Nadia took her up on the couch with her and helped her unwrap her presents, a hand-knitted teddy bear from Tante Hanna and a pretty little dress. She had never had a doll or stuffed animal before, so it was fun that she had a new toy. I remember the other gifts because I have a letter from Thomas where he made a list for Nadia. For my parents, she brought a set of placemats with pictures of Berlin on them and a photo book of the famous sights of the city. She brought me a lovely embroidered tablecloth and for my sisters some German-style candles. Thomas's request was a couple of news magazines called Der Spiegel, which is similar to Time magazine. But what we all could enjoy were the German chocolates. By that time, we were all hungry and ready for dinner. We gathered around the kitchen table where I had grown up sharing meals with my family. I was thinking how special this moment was, Three years before that, when I had first met Thomas, none of us could have ever imagined this get-together in my family's home. Nadia did her best in English to express greetings from her husband, her mother, and Thomas's brother, and then we talked about what we could do in the coming week for outings. Thomas knew that she liked to take walks, so we planned for her first day to just look around my neighborhood and hometown. Dad explained that they go to church on Sunday and that he would like to take us out for lunch afterwards. But Nadia got really big eyes when he told her that Monday would be sightseeing day in San Francisco. That would be like a dream come true. 
After a good night's sleep, we had an American breakfast together. Dad had brought home boxes of his favorite donuts from Winchell's, and then I got organized with Naomi so we could go out with Nadia and my mom. We walked around the streets where I grew up, went over to the high school playgrounds, and wandered around the shopping center. Everything was so interesting for Nadia, and she especially loved the warm weather and the blue skies. The next day, I helped my mom prepare the Sunday breakfast. We decided to make another typical American breakfast for Nadia, scrambled eggs, bacon and toast with mom's homemade jelly. Then we drove to their Methodist church, the beautiful building that my father's construction company had designed. Dad introduced Nadia to their pastor, who stood in the doorway greeting everyone. He was from the old country himself, Bulgaria, and I think that fact made her feel at ease. I cannot tell you how precious it was to observe Nadia walking into the sanctuary. It was an inviting room with pretty window panes, flowers and candles on the wooden altar, and cushioned pews. This was nothing like the cold brick Lutheran church in her area that was originally built before the war. My mom introduced her friends to Nadia. They all gave her a hug and said, we are so happy to meet you. These ladies already felt a special love for Nadia because they had been praying for her family. Of course, she wouldn't have known that. And after I saw that Nadia was being taken care of, I went out to the children's rooms that I knew well. I used to babysit the little kids there when I was young. Now I was arriving with my own baby and hoping that Naomi would do okay staying in the nursery. The service began with the organ, the choir dressed in blue robes, and the congregation singing along in their hymnals. Many of the hymns we sang were actually written by Germans. For example, Martin Luther's A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Nadia seemed to feel comfortable, and I do believe this was the beginning of her sensing that God is real. During the pastor's sermon, Thomas had the challenge of translating the message for Nadia. This was the first time he had ever done that, but at least he was familiar with some of the German scriptures because of the letters he had been writing. After the service ended, everybody went over to the fellowship room for coffee, and the children could run around with their cookies and play. This is also not how a traditional German service would end. Everyone would file out quietly and say goodbye. The old church buildings didn't even have extra rooms for children or kitchen facilities. On Monday, Dad took off work so he could give us the promised tour of San Francisco. Of course, it had to begin with a drive over the Golden Gate Bridge. First stop was Fisherman's Wharf and a ride up the hills on the trolley car. On the way back down, a must was lunch at the wharf with sourdough bread and crab. Next stop, we took a tourist boat out on the bay. It was really great to watch Thomas and Nadia having fun together. The highlight of the day for Nadia was taking a stroll through the Japanese tea garden. I think it reminded her of her mother and their visits to the Buddhist temple gardens in West Berlin. After that, we were all tired, so we agreed to just do a drive-through of Golden Gate Park before heading home. Seeing that area brought back memories for Thomas and I of marching in a Krishna parade back in 71. So much had changed for us since then. That evening, Thomas made plans with Nadia to drive the next day to San Jose. This was her greatest wish, to visit the Rosicrucian temple that was famous there for being the ancient mystical order. 
The order has its roots in the mysteries of secret wisdom, philosophy, and myths of ancient Egypt. Nadia had been going to Rosicrucian lectures in Berlin and believed in their philosophy of self-effort. She had written us that the teachings prepare the individual through the development of mind and heart for unselfish service to mankind. Thomas had warned Nadia so many times in his letters about their deceptive teachings, calling it a cult, because they reject the divine authorship of the Bible. He told her that they borrow ideas from other religions in an attempt to unify them under the theme that wisdom about life after death is only revealed to their secret brotherhood. He told her that they have a false view of Jesus by teaching that Jesus had retired to a monastery in Carmel to carry out secret missions with his apostles. They completely reject Jesus, though, as the Savior, teaching that he did not die on the cross or ascend to heaven. The Brotherhood incorporates the cross together with a rose in their symbol— It is supposed to represent the human body, and the rose represents the individual's unfolding consciousness. So, even though Nadia had been enduring Thomas's criticisms in his letters, she was determined to go there and was thankful that he was willing to take her. They were gone most of the day and got home just in time for dinner. At the table, she was telling us about the wonderful day they had. She especially liked the museum that holds a very large collection of Egyptian antiques. She loved viewing the Grand Temple, walking through the Rose Gardens with the fountain and the Peace Garden. There was so much to see, even a planetarium. After I got baby Naomi in bed, we were all sitting around in the living room. Nadia handed my dad the colored brochures of the Rosicrucian Center to look at. She was so thrilled that she had the opportunity to see that place and experience everything firsthand. She was even more convinced, after being there, that it represents a valid world religion. Nadia respected my dad, and she wanted to share her religious beliefs with him. She was expecting him to be impressed by the photos of the huge temple and the museum. He took some time to read through the pamphlets and talk with her. Thomas was helping to translate between the two of them. This was pretty amazing for me to witness how Thomas and my dad were in agreement in this discussion. And then dad finished by giving his honest opinion about the Rosicrucian faith. He said they only have good ethical principles, but it is not God. It is not the truth that they are professing and promoting. Nadia was visibly taken aback at that comment. She was going to need some time to process my dad's opinion. Though she didn't know how to respond, she wrote later that the insight my dad had after reading those brochures made a big impression on her. Dad was the second person now to tell her that the religion that she believed in did not teach the truth about God. We finished that evening on a lighter note by making plans to visit my grandparents the next day. They had invited us to their home in Arnold that was a good two-hour drive east of the Bay Area in the mountains. They were also looking forward to seeing me again and our little daughter, who was already 10 months old. We all agreed to get an early start the next morning so we could return home in the evening. After Thomas and I went to bed, we prayed for his mother that she would open her heart to the Lord. 
we could see that her perspectives on life were beginning to be shaken. So stay tuned to hear more about Nadja's adventures in California in my next episode. In closing today, I would like to suggest you listen to any episodes you may have missed along the way, especially about Nadia. There are more stories about her in episodes number 28, 29, and 32. And check out my Instagram page under Van Doren Christine. I will be posting photos of this new episode. Take care, friends, and bye for now.